0: You know you, like that. you, know you like that. Welcome back to the Queen the Ear Show presented by WD Sports Now. I'm your host Chris Hall, and with me is Skylar Callahan. Let's jump right into basketball. It's basketball season. About to be basketball season. Only a couple weeks away from the first exhibition game against Duquesne. Had the golden blue debut. Um, and getting some preseason hype, Derek Culver was just named to the Kareem Abdul Best Center watch list. Oscar Shwebway, uh, Big 12 freshman, preseason freshman player of the year. Uh, good to see in that front because when's the last time West Virginia had preseason freshman anything? So, uh, definitely a lot of optimism around the program when you bring in a guy like way who was highly recruited. You got Derek Culver, some of those core pieces. met Matthews Jr., Jordan McCabe. Uh, you bring in some of those core pieces that had success towards the end of last season. Uh, obviously falling short in the CBI tournament. But, there's a lot of optimism. Um, I'm, for one, kind of holding back on the optimism a little bit because you bring in a bunch of new guys. Just like last year, you're bringing a bunch of new guys. What's different from last year is this team's healthy going into preseason practice. So all these guys can gel together. Kind of saw it in the Golden Blue debut. Gold team wins. It was a team that wasn't stacked with the guys from last year with McCabe and shweebway and culver those guys ended up losing the guys with haley and logan Rout and all the new guys like tash sherman deuce mcbride ends up beating them uh, pretty handedly um, i think they kind of took well they came back on social media because when they announced the teams before the golden blue game uh, everyone said the blue game was stacked and it was going to be a blowout took it personally they came back afterwards said told you we were going to win so uh, i don't know if you it's just like the football game football spring game the defense does good. Does that mean the defense good, or is the offense bad? Same way as this. Does that mean the guys that are returning didn't improve, or are these new guys just huh. that good? Um, so I'll reserve. Uh, just put it as a lot of optimism. What I will say is Pat Sherman and Deuce McBride looks like they can when they're on the floor together. Looks like they can uh, pressure from baseline to baseline. They have that kind of Javon Carter. Dax Milesville, when it comes to defense, obviously they are young. They aren't at that level yet, but you can see that type of mentality when it comes to defense and putting pressure on the ball as it's coming up the floor. And Logan Rout does look a lot better. Uh, Schwebe is very raw, um, extremely athletic, uh, but he has no clue where he's going right now. Kind of in Culver situation last year. Athleticism athleticism hopefully outweighs all the negatives, um, and you're not giving up because he's lost on defense. Totally lost on where to be on offense. Uh, Culver looks like he has a better understanding. So until these guys actually play somebody and you kind of see how Huggins is going to do this rotation. Not real sure where this team is at right now, but I would assume that they're at least a 21 team.
1: Yeah, I think so too. But really, it's kind of interesting how both WVU programs, football and basketball programs, are kind of hitting a reboot button. Football with Neil Brown having a new head coach and you know whole brand new you know, offense and defensive scheme and everything. Got some new guys there as well. And then basketball, you come off of one of the worst seasons Bob Huggins has had here, in West Virginia, and you got an influx of new guys again. Some people left the program, so it's kind of interesting to see how both football and basketball hitting that reboot button at the same time. It's just a little bit different though for basketball because I think the talent is is there, and it's a little bit closer to contending. For a Big 12 title than football is now. I don't think they're going to get 10 this year. We've both talked about it off the air. I think that they're probably a year or two away. And I think if they can keep this group together for two years, you, you think about that would be McCabe and Matthew and uh, Matthew's senior year. You got hopefully uh, Shoeboy would stay around for that long. Hopefully Culver stays around that long. If that's the case, that team is going to be really good in a couple of years. But they're they're at the point where it's so new and there's so many new things going on. I think you're going to see some, some games where they lose that they shouldn't, they're going to win some games they shouldn't. And it's, it's a lot of the same talk that we said going into last year, but the team was just filled with a bunch of misfits that really didn't care about being there. And, you know, just the the whole issues with, with some of those guys last year, were just kind of a bad attitude. So, you know, I, I think this year is going to probably project to be what last year should have been. And that's probably about a twenty win team, middle of the pack in the Big Twelve, where they got picked preseason fifth. So I think that's about right. I was a little surprised that the that the that they were picked fifth, but uh, you know, I think that they've they've earned that right, especially with Bob Huggins and they've got a couple of nice returning pieces. So I, I'm ready to see these guys come out and play, and, and they've got a tough non-conference schedule now, so that, it's not going to be very easy right out the get-go. They've got Pitt, they've got Ohio State, they've got Rhode Island, they've got a couple of other Power 5 teams on the on the schedule. So definitely no, no easy doings by Bob Huggins this year.
0: Yeah, and it, the good thing is this team seems to be getting along a lot better than last year. Uh, Talked to Logan Rout about it. Uh, as far as like who's the leaders on this team, and you know, he even points to himself. We just all hold each other accountable. So it looks like you have a bunch of team, of team full of leaders, um just kind of helping each other. See how it plays out. I'm not going to be optimistic <laughs> until I see how it all translates. Because as of right now, if Gabe, I can't pronounce his name. even Oseboyan. Though I, Oseboyan. Yep, there it is. Um, if he. Is eligible, then it looks like you potentially have 13 guys that can contribute. I mean, they legit right now have 12 um, that's going to contribute. So they all can play. Uh, whether they all, you know, Huggins kind of said, I don't think that everybody that can shoot on this team is going to have a bad shooting night. Well, thank you for jinxing the team because that's guaranteed. <laughs> everyone's going, they're going to go for like two for 25 one night from three point land. Um, it's just basketball, and night in night out, uh, we'll see. How that all translates. Evan Matthews looks like he's going to be a beast. Um, and for your comment, wait a couple years later uh, for anybody. I, I I guarantee you, I guarantee you those fans that, well, Oscar's only going to stay a year. This is probably Culver's last year. It doesn't translate like that to the NBA. So uh, right. it's not out of Rome to think that they'll be here for a couple years. Um you just gotta see how much these guys improve if the, if, if their game, if NBA executives are actually uh, seeing these guys as first rounders, um, and of course we all know second round generally doesn't make it, so they'd have to be high up on the draft board. There's a ton of other talent out there, so we kind of gotta wait and see. But it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. But basketball will be fun, no doubt about it. Let's switch gears over real quick to football, um, where the last two weeks West Virginia's lost. We haven't. Done a podcast in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think we did it in going into Texas. I think it was me and Zach. I don't remember. Everything kind of uh, kind of, meshes all together. But watching loses to Texas, uh, it's pretty much the same storyline with the Iowa State game. Go in with a chance to win in the fourth quarter and get beat pretty solid in the fourth quarter. Not surprising. Young, inexperienced team. Lack of depth. Um Definitely not surprised. Uh, by any means, I thought going into the season they would split th- those games. Um, I know when I went into Texas saying they would win. Uh, it was my first loss on the prediction for West Virginia. And I said, all right, well, I'm going with what I thought. One and two out of these two games, so I pick I, I picked Iowa State, even though we didn't do anything last week. I had them being Iowa State. Of course, Austin Kendall gets hurt. Hypothetical all you want. Maybe they win, maybe they don't. It Is what it is, but they said it three and three. And going into Oklahoma, it looks like they're going to be three and four. Uh, but
1: you kind <laughs> Don't of. Don't foreshadow.
0: <laughs> but you look. You kind of look at what happened those last two games. Again, it just came to depth. There's so much inexperience. There's, everyone wanted to pile on Austin Kendall for the interceptions. Yes, it does fall on the quarterback, that stat. But there is plenty of times where there's probably situations probably shouldn't even happen because of drop passes um, and other things. So there's been a ton. of of drop passes a ton. That's, you know, Neil Brown kept saying our receiving core our receiving core. It's just not deep where we need to be. We don't have the guys and he's right. Sam James has made some great plays this year, but he has a ton of drops. TJ Simmons is finally coming along, but he still has had some drops. Um, outside of that, who you kind of looking at? Yeah. George Campbell had some touchdown catches, uh, but he's kind of fell off the map. Um, Tevin Bush is gone now, but he wasn't really, uh, ha- he didn't have much production uh, up until this point. So you're kind of looking around at the receivers, um there's not a lot of depth uh yes kendall does miss some open guys but it's usually third or fourth three to option and he's leaning on the guys that he can trust like sam james and tj simmons um they're just not enough firepower having to redo the offensive line the running backs have been a disappointment pedaway is not going to redshirt. good for him uh stay healthy have it have that fifth year which he probably he needed he's I know there's a lot, there was a lot of hype around these running backs, but these aren't NFL talent running backs. Maybe McCoy can make it because he can catch passes out of the backfield. We'll see. Doubtful. Uh, there's tons of running backs out there that are doing a lot better than him. But just kind of, I know everyone, that mantra, trust the climb, trust the process, whatever. Right in the middle of it, not real excited about the football season as of right now. Going into Oklahoma. It's just one of the you're right in the middle of a juggernaut of the conference schedule. And hopefully after Oklahoma, Baylor maybe when a looking pretty good. Not surprised there. <laughs> uh, but you just kinda hope. I know I pred- predicted eight and four at the season for that to happen. Uh they would have to win out after Oklahoma. Right now, not looking good. <laughs> not looking no. good on that prediction. But hey, teams can click, back half of the season, you kind of get some winnable games there. Anything can happen, um, but we're just in that point where it's trust the process.
1: It is, and I mean, I've said this since almost the week two or week three of the season. This team really reminds me of that first year with Skylar Howard where they started off like two and one, three and one, whatever, went 0 for October, which could very well happen again this year, and then they went on that stretch of winning four of the last five or, or something like that at the back end of the season. I think they have a chance to do that. Now, obviously, that team was a little bit more deeper and probably a little bit more talented at that point and, and more experienced, but you you just don't know. And, and, and looking at the schedule, I mean, really every game after this Oklahoma game, it's win- every game is winnable, I think. I mean – Baylor's probably a tough task to ask, but you know there's there's always a chance. You know Baylor, I mean they've they've played well, but they don't have you know they're not at that juggernaut status yet, and I, I really don't think that they're a team that could just absolutely wipe West Virginia off the board. So that's a chance, but uh, you know you know everyone knows the schedule. You know there's there's a chance that they can still make a bowl game. They have to go three and three, which in, in the second half of the season, which they did in the first half. So if they can duplicate that, they make a bowl, and to me, that's a win. You know, we've talked to going into the season that if they can just make it to a bowl game, that that's that that's probably the highlight of the season. That's exactly what you want to have happen. You want these guys to get extra practices and, and stuff under Neil Brown and, and get more development that really helps out the developmental guys who haven't played as much or maybe play four games in redshirt like Jared Bartlett or Tony Mathis, uh, some of those other guys that that may get a couple of games. You know, Jared Dagey at uh, quarterback. So we'll see, but. You know, you got to be pleased with how they played in the last two games, even though, you know, with dealing with the circumstances. You know, Texas—they're no joke. Now I know they just lost to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma—we know how good they are. Texas is no doubt in my mind the second best team in this conference, and the fact that you had them going into the fourth quarter with a chance to win, and you didn't even play your best football—I mean, with an inexperienced group, group of or team. That tells me a lot about Neil Brown and his coaching staff right there. Just imagine two three years from now when he's got this team more deep, you know, in the two deep and three deep. They've got experience, and they actually get Texas back home here in two years. You know, who knows? You know, I think maybe that's the game that they can actually win. And if they play their best game, you know, if they played the way they did against North Carolina State, there's a very good chance they beat Texas. No doubt in my mind. Iowa State. Kendall goes down early. I think that changed the whole outcome of the game and how they had to game plan it. Like Neil said, you know, they, they wanted to stick to their, their initial game plan, even with Jack for a little bit, but they'd realized that wasn't the, that wasn't the best option. So they'd switch it up and it didn't work. You know, the whole quarterback situation, I know these fans are, they're itching for Trey Lowe, but let me tell you guys something like you have to understand Trey Lowe is not ready. We we've talked about this umpteen times Trey Lowe is, is the third-string quarterback for a reason. He's not out there beating Jack Allison in practice. He's not out there beating Austin Kendall in practice. I have a good feeling that Neil Brown knows which guys are throwing but the best and making the best decisions when he, see these, when he sees these guys throw every single day. There's a reason why Jack is the backup and Trey is the third option. If you think Trey Lowe is the best option to go in there and beat Oklahoma, then that's your opinion. I'll leave you to it, but – to me, I'm not putting a redshirt freshman out there making his first ever start against one of the best teams in the country, and and tell him that he's going to go and attract track meet against them, and try to keep up. I'm not doing that. I don't want to destroy his confidence. And plus, I don't think he's ready. Uh, I, I know your I know your stance on it, but I mean, at this point, why why would you want to do that? I mean, I, I think that's just kind of asinine, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Trey, Trey probably has the most most athletic ability. Um, he, can probably see, keep dri- he can probably keep drives, you know, plays alive, but he's not going to get the team in the best position no. to win a game. So,
1: and, um, and that's the thing. Everyone talks about all is an athlete. He brings a different aspect to the, the offense. Yeah. Okay. Well, everyone's an athlete at the college level, especially power five.
0: Right. And it's, it's everyone will kind of just wants to translate him because he's a dual, he's considered a dual threat guy to somehow Pat white and major Harris and, Every athletic quarterback ever to walk walk on the <laughs> campus of West Virginia. Um, he's not. He's Trey Lowe. Um, he's a redshirt freshman. Um, he wasn't going to go into any program and take it over immediately. You just quarterbacks like that are very rare. Yeah, you see Tua down in Alabama. Name another one. Trevor Lawrence. Okay, Clemson. So the two best teams can find <laughs> the best quarterbacks. Shocking. I'm, I'm shocked. Um, even Kyler Murray didn't play till his third year. So pump the brakes a little bit on just all that I think if you're looking for a positive um defense defense looks good defense looks in yes. my opinion they they're playing championship caliber competitive to b- compete for a championship big twelve championship i think they're playing good enough biggest up uh, the biggest elephant in the room whatever you want to call it offense offense looks just it's really
2: bad <laughs> anemic <to say> <laughs> looks
0: really bad and it's not all on the quarterback again even neil brown said quarterback gets too much credit when they win and he gets too much um, grief when they lose i mean it's true there's a lot of different factors that fall into it he's not playing bad we know his uh, deficiency is deep ball that's a lot of quarterbacks deficiencies um again you're not this is his first year playing in games, so he's got another year, another offseason just to get better with these receivers and all that has to do with timing. Um, so I'm not trying to be too judgmental on the offense. I just don't see it right now. But, it, again, this has been patched together since January. So give it an offseason, and I think that's really where making a bowl is extremely important to get those extra 10 practices. I think everyone knows that they, no matter what bowl it is, it's a win because you get more practices with this with this young group um, and you can be able to adjust. And I would be very curious uh, to see how much they improve just in that jump. And, of course, we've already talked about this. We kind of want to simulate this season, move to next year to see how much of a jump it is next year. Because right now, yes, Neil Brown's doing a lot of good things, but it's all going to be, all right, where's this program going? And then we'll see it next year. That's really, I mean, right now we're kind of in the devil in the details moment nuances of building the program we won't really see how good uh of a program jumper now we saw Troy. um but we kind of want to see i mean this is a different level um basically you can kind of translate it but i really want to see that jump next year kind of impatient on my part but there's a lot of young guys on in this on this team and a lot of them are only going to be redshirt sophomores next year on offense and look, defense, defense is still pretty good right now with some true freshmen playing back there, but it's different. Defense is obviously a lot different. There's not a timing aspect, and, I mean, they're not putting up great numbers, but they're doing enough right now that they should be able to win some of the— they should have been able to win uh, a couple of those games. So speaking of the defense, they play an, an offense this weekend, Oklahoma— um, I think everybody's pretty familiar <laughs> with how good their are off. Look at their offensive stats. They pretty much lead every category on offense in the country. Number one across the board. The one that they are bad at. Now I can't find it. What is
1: time of possession? Because they scored too quick.
0: <laughs> plays. Play. So they plays. have the number one okay. offense, rushing, passing, total, everything. Plays. And I can't find what they're ranked now. Uh, but it's pretty bad because they only run sixty seven plays a game. That's not good. But when you average nine well, point six yards a play They <laughs> well, almost average not, a first down per play. That's insane.
1: That's not completely just that, insane. But when you get when you're averaging what are they averaging? Fifty point two points a game and they're only running sixty seven plays, that's 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 pretty telling right there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so rushing offense or fifth, scoring offense or third, and that's fifty point two. That's in the country, and I'm assuming that these are probably tops in all power five. I probably should have looked at it, but I had I didn't. Um, and then you look at, all right, so Jalen Hurts is getting a lot of love. That's great, um, and here's why: um, if you're comparing his his stats to previous OU Heisman winners, most notably. Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, he is beating them in all those categories. Um, outside of Sam Bradford, which was he was having a ridiculous season, he had two thousand yards at this point uh, in the season. But he's pretty much doing. Uh, he has more rushing yards than Kyler Murray. He's having hundred yards per ru- uh, per game in rushing. Uh, his rating's two twenty seven point eight. That's twelve points better. Or his rating is two fifteen. That's twelve points lower than Kyla Murray. So he's not doing everything better um, but he's using his feet better than most of the other quarterbacks. Sam Bradford was doing ridiculous things in the passing game. 342 yards per game at this point but yeah he's putting up Heisman numbers. Uh, then you have C.D. Lamb on the outside then they're due a running back's name a position and Oklahoma is killing everybody and guess what? They have a defense this year. So they recorded nine sacks against Texas last week so
1: 15 tackles for loss
0: in that game. Right. so <laughs> Alex Grinch, uh, he's going to be the Grinch that steals the Big 12. Like, this team, they've been so close the last couple of years with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Still think they win last year if Hollywood Brown plays in that playoff game. They're, they've been so close, and what's been holding them back is defense. Now it looks like they've got a competitive defense. Uh, yeah, this weekend should be fun. Now, I know everybody. There's no, I don't think anybody. Now, maybe someone out there is betting another $10,000 this weekend for Washington to cover, but it's 33 and a half points. <laughs> 33 and a half points, I, I'm i not guaranteeing, because there's a reason why you play the game. But I think Oklahoma covers. But here's the thing. With every fan, every single fan, I've not seen anyone say Washington is even going to be competitive in a game. So this is what Washington is going to do to upset everybody this weekend.
1: Everyone listen.
0: It's just going to, it's exactly what's going to happen. West Virginia is going to keep it close to halftime. Striking distance, 10 points, maybe two touchdowns. Looking fairly good in Norman. I'll say first half, at least until halftime. It'll suck everybody back in. Oh, we have a chance if we can just make one more stop. One more stop. That's all we got to do. Just make a stop. Offense looking good. Drive them down the field. Maybe they'll keep it close early in the third, and then Oklahoma is going to unleash the Hounds and score about seven straight touchdowns. (laughs) to just blow this game completely open because I know they're going to suck everybody back in, and then at the end of the game, we had a chance to win and all that good stuff because West Virginia fans, like most fans, are complete diehards, and they start to get belief, and they'll get you sucked in because that's what sports does. (laughs) They do things that irritate the hell out of you. But no chance. Washington wins this weekend. And
1: and really, if you think about it, that's kind of been the theme the last two weeks. They they get you thinking that okay, do you have a shot to win? And the fourth quarter comes around, they just run out of gas. And really, that if if that's the only issue right now, and you kind of look the first three quarters, the last two games, they played well. They played well enough to win. And it's just it's almost a depth issue because these guys once they get to that fourth quarter, they're reaching. You know, defensively, some of our guys are playing you know, 60, 70, 80 snaps, that's – you know, you don't want that, especially some of those D linemen or, you know, uh, corners that are having to play every snap now, especially this week with Keith Washington's status, you know, him being injured. You've got Hakeem Bailey out in the first half. You're playing two true freshmen. And for Tay Mayo, this will be his first full game. So how is he going to hold up throughout not only the first half, but he's probably going to have to play a good bit in the second half too – being that third guy when Hakeem Bailey comes back in, they're going to be tired and especially running down CD lamb all day and running down those other receivers, not going to be fun. But yeah, I mean, when you think that if they're just running out of gas at the end of games and they're doing enough to hang in for three of the four quarters, this is just something that's a depth issue. And that if once they get the depth taken care of, this team will be in much better shape. But, I, I do think that that could be a possibility um, from my perspective. I think it's going to go the complete opposite. I think Oklahoma is going to come, sh- you know, pistol's firing right out of the gate and it's, it's going to go bad from, you know, the first quarter on right from kickoff. I, I think, I don't think West Virginia is going to be able to keep, you know, they, they need to have one of those two veteran corners. Hakeem Baylor, Keith, Washington, in the He'll third, be, true, Bailey will freshman. be out
0: there second half at least. So, Yes. <laughs> Depp shouldn't be a concern now. He should be fresh, ready
1: to go, right? He he should, (laughs) but you just never know. I I mean, I think if Austin Kendall gets help, and again, this is reverting back to the quarterback controversy, for all you naysayers out there that are talking about how Austin Kendall is just terrible and he sucks and he's the worst thing that has ever stepped into West Virginia quarterback room, just pause for a minute. Look at the play in front of him. You know, I heard – People at the game last week talking about when he got his arm ripped off, that it was his fault. Well, I mean, now, again, like you said, he could have checked out of it. But, okay, still, if he doesn't check out of it, now it's on your offensive line to step up, protect like you're supposed to, the play's designed for you to protect, and the receiver to make a play. And sometimes the receivers, they can't get open. He's got to force balls into tight windows because sometimes that's all he's got to throw to or else he's going to get sacked. So, you can spread some of the some of the blame, but at the end of the day, the interception goes on the quarterback's stat sheet and nobody else. So he does have to take better care of the football. There's no question about it. But I do think he's the best guy to lead this offense right now. And if, he, if he's healthy this week, you, I mean, hell, hell, you never know. You know, he knows this Oklahoma team. I know the defense is a little different, but he knows the personnel. There's a chance that he can make some rumblings this weekend.
0: You've become an Austin Kendall apologist. I know one thing.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: It's, it's the one thing I, I'm i sure a lot of people um, are sick of hearing is depth issue. Um, of course, this is not Neil Brown's fault. It's not Neil Brown's fault, but here we are again. Trust the process. Trust the climb. 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 Trust there you go. The, yeah, but the, there's always a process. Under Dana, we had, under Dana, we had to wait until he got rec- recruit big 12 bodies didn't have the I mean, same thing we can't we can't last because we don't have enough depth Depth, depth, depth. depth. i mean that's all we hear trust the process <laughs> trust, <laughs> trust 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 wait till next year um but i will say this is the times if if neil brown gets gets west virginia to where everybody kind of thinks that he can get it to um times like this like it'll be worth it but you just don't know what's going to happen three, four years down the road. Uh, when these guys are red shirt juniors, uh, even next year, I mean, Kendall and Allison are gone after next year. So you have a red shirt freshman now and Trey Lowe. Um, that is, you know, possibly the future. You got Daigie, um waiting in the wings. Of course, everyone's fired up about him. And I'm not trying to knock Kid, but he. he Played at Bowling Green in the MAC. Just pumped the brakes a little bit on them. You put way too much hype on this kid. Then you have Garrett Green again. Another kid is building a lot of hype around the fan base. You don't know how a lot of this translates. And I think if you kind of look in and you want positives to kind of trust this process, then I think you kind of look at the defense. I think if you look at what they've done since James Madison in Missouri offensively, it's looked a lot better, but to me, it still doesn't look like an offense that's going to be winning championships anytime soon. But it might just be with the talent that he has, this is what he's got to do. So, for me, I'm more skeptical, uh, just because I've heard this my whole life. Trust, wait, wait till next year. Oh, we'll have a loaded team next year, and then it always falls short um, outside of and Of course, I was a little young to know what that was going on in '88. Um, Ninety-three, they weren't expecting it. Two thousand five, we weren't expecting it. Ninety-eight, we were expecting it. It was a total letdown season. Two thousand six, we were expecting it. Letdown. If you're looking at, they should have won the Big East outright. Let Louisville take that. Oh seven, should have went to national championship. Let lose South Florida and Pitt. So, there's more to letdown and waiting for these processes. And then when you've had the right weapons, um, you don't really do enough with it. So, I'm a the little beauty bit, of it all. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little bit more reserved about all of it definitely looks a lot better a lot more competitive um this weekend's going to be a test in faith <laughs> because it's it's going to get ugly at some point and it may get ugly right off the rip i mean it may just be 21 nothing early i have no idea um yeah but i it, mean it's just it's going to be one of those weekends where everyone's kind of they expected it it's happened where where we at as a program, all that good stuff, and then you hopefully kind of just get hot. You know, you get through the top three teams of the Big Twelve, and without Baylor, I mean, that's gonna be four. Your four straight games are going essentially probably the top four teams in the conference. So, I don't. I mean, I don't really don't know where they're at as far as are they two years away, three years away? No idea, because you may be waiting. They may get hot into this year everyone may be high on Kendall next year. He gets hurt right off the bat. And then what if the guy behind him, whether it's Allison or Dagie isn't, they're not comfortable with these. I mean, there's so many variables that uh, just constant. Trust the process since 1863 for us. I mean, that's literally just wait till next year all the time. So I'm a little bit more uh, pessimistic about it. Basketball different for me because at any point, um, especially this year, if they get if everything starts clicking at the end of the year, more likely to get to the dance. All you need to do is get hot at the end of the year and you have a shot. You have a shot every time you make the NCAA tournament. It's different. You can. I feel like you can have more optimism with basketball because it's, uh, it's such a different sport. We already know who the top four teams are. You're already at a Big 12. Now it's just kind of like, all right, we're trusting the climb process, whatever you want to call it, and we got to wait and kind of see where we're at by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely hard, but in- – as Dale Wolfley's talked about on the the game day show and and stuff like that, people have to learn how to trust the climb during the losses because it's, it's easy to do it when you win, but it's not easy to do it when you lose. And that's, that's the whole point of the trust the climb mantra. You, you have to understand that to, to be at the peak that you have to go through through some, some rough times and it's going to happen, you know, this, this season coming into it, we knew the numbers weren't there. We knew it was going to be a tough schedule, a whole new coaching staff, and a bunch of new faces across the board. It was going to be a tough challenge. There was no doubt about it, and I don't think anybody was surprised by that. And I think now that we're just you know halfway through the season, everyone's sitting here upset and 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 you know ticked off about certain things. But the funny thing is, everyone knew it going into the season, but once football hits, it's just you know a different you know personality or uh, uh, you know just whatever takes over and you just want to believe that you know that they're that they're there now but good know, times are coming
0: well. wait till next year yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, but, i'm just really pessimistic about it i guess i don't know i guess i'm a downer on it i'm not just buying into the hype wait. i guess basically so yeah if, if you're
1: listening to this podcast don't listen to chris if you want to find hoax.
0: Yeah, I, 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 defensively, I I criticized Gibby for how long, even though I didn't put the losses on him last year. I didn't put the losses on him last year because that offense carried everybody. But, I mean, defense still had its problems, but at least defensively, we're making plays. I am all about that. (laughs) Defense making plays, so... I think we got our pick for this week for Oklahoma. I don't Yeah, I, I think, are, are I think you, pick it, are you picking are you picking Oklahoma or West Virginia to pull? Now what if I mean if West Virginia somehow pulled this off, you know, you go back and you start thinking remember that time Austin Kendall returned to Norman and beat Oklahoma 48-47
2: or you know like <laughs>
0: could be that situation I guess, very unlikely, but I we did not I realized it about 2 minutes ago. We didn't pick any games for Pick'em.
1: Eh, we'll just stick it to this week.
0: No, I, well, we're going to do something fancy here. I'm just All going right. to go down the list and just pick random five games.
1: So All it, right, it might be end up this being is completely bad. blind, and we'll go five of them.
0: So yeah, let's pick up some five games. So we already picked West Virginia to lose. So you're not going out on the limb here. No. Are you sure?
1: Yeah, I'm 100 sure. You seem, you seem sure. to
0: be trusting this club. Maybe uh, you. Were uh, not, sure.
1: this not this it, week. No. Nope.
0: And I, I say this, and I do think Neil Brown is a good coach. I'm not saying he's not going to get something done here, but <laughs> process right now is not fun. Um, let's go with this because you mentioned it earlier. Florida at South Carolina. Now, South Carolina had that upset last week over Georgia at home. Florida got beat last week at LSU. Two different scenarios coming in. I'm going to say Florida wins because I tell you what, I think Florida played a lot better with their – what's that quarterback's name now? I know it was Felipe. Trask. First, Trask. He's playing a lot better. met a Florida fan actually a couple of weeks ago through a friend of mine. I was talking high on this Florida kid because I think I had them losing whenever they were playing that week. I don't remember. But they ended up went Auburn. They beat Auburn because I thought Aubrey would go in. So I'm going to stick with Florida because of that guy that's a Florida fan. Um, talked high on their quarterback. So i will going to go Florida.
1: Yeah, I want to go Gators too. I I think South Carolina will keep it close. You know, Florida may come into this game a little down and out about last week's game at LSU, but I think South Carolina they're 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 getting there. Will Muschamp has done a pretty good job of piecing this thing together after Jake Bentley went down with the quarterback injury. So we'll we'll see. Uh, Helensky may come in and, and surprise some people again, but I don't think they got enough magic to make it two weeks in a row.
0: Let's stick in the Big 12 here. Iowa State at Texas Tech. Iowa State obviously getting their offense together, playing better. Texas Tech on the rise with Jet Duffy at quarterback. Texas Tech looking better uh, than I expected. I had them last in the Big 12, but uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to take Texas Tech over Iowa State.
1: Wow. That's crazy. I was going to do the same thing, so I'll stick with it. I'm going with Tech mainly just because they played Baylor tough and sent him into overtime, and I, that was that was pretty impressive alone. so I'm going to go with the uh, whatever they call them, the the Reckham Tech or something.
0: The Red Raiders? Yeah. Reckham Tech there, that's Georgia Tech. Or that's right? Georgia Ramblin, Tech. Ramblin,
1: no, Ramblin, no, that's rec-um, Ramblin' Tech. Yeah, jo- yeah I'm right.
0: Texas Tech's Reckham. They're all something. Yeah, they're all stupid. Alright, so <laughs> we got Oregon. No Pac-12 after dark. A little surprised by this. Oregon at Washington. ABC Pac-12 330. Afternoon. Afternoon, Regular football hours. Number 12, 12, Oregon. 25, Washington. Washington's already suffered some losses. Oregon had to losses. I'm taking Washington. It's at home. I'm taking Peterson at home.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the dogs here. I think Jacob Eason has a big game for, for Washington.
0: All right, just one that sticks out right off the bat because I want to pick against them. North Carolina at Virginia Tech. I want to take the Tar Heels. Virginia Tech, talk about a program that fell off the map. Uh, not that they were that great of a program anyway, but, man, they have completely fallen off. I'm going to take the Tar Heels the stomp Virginia Tech.
1: Okay. Yeah, Duke went up there and did the same thing, so we'll see what UNC can do uh, down here in my parts where I'm at. A lot of Carolina were are pretty happy with what Mack Brown's done early on, so I'll stick with those guys. And, heck, if they win this game, they have a actually a really good shot to win that division.
0: Right, we're probably going a little extra here, but this game intrigues me because Baylor, we talked about a little bit, but Baylor, uh, they're at Oklahoma State. My dark horse, Oklahoma State, not doing what I thought they would be doing, but at Stillwater. Tough place to play. Oh, I four hear th- damn paddle's
1: hitting now. <laughs> three o'clock
0: Central time, four o'clock our time, but it'll start getting dark in that fourth quarter. I'm going to go Pistol Pete. Pew pew. Oklahoma State wins. <laughs>
1: I love the few Um, I love Charlie Brewer. I love Matt Rule. But man, oh, so you're a Baylor fan now? Is that no, what no, 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 no. Hold you on. Said don't love. get me started. I, I love, love. them. I've
0: I th- become a kendo <laughs> apologist. Now you're a Baylor fan. Unbelievable.
1: Listen, all I'm saying is they're a good team. They're well coached. But I don't think they have enough firepower at night or I guess whatever. Uh, to go into Stillwater and pull out a win. I, I think this is the outcoming party for Spencer Sanders.
0: Pew pew, Stillwater. All right. Arizona State at Utah. Coach Herm got his number seventeen Sun Sun Devils up in the rankings. At Utah, Utah's probably been a bit of disappointment for some, um, but it's hard to take Utah against Utah at home. So. Uh, I do. I'm not a big Herm fan. When he's on TV, he's too preachy for me. But uh, <laughs> gotta say, he's turned that program around pretty quick. But I'm gonna go with Utah.
1: Yeah, I didn't think he'd be able to ever really get things turned around there. It was kind of stale the way uh, everything was going out there in, in Tempe. But yeah, this may be the most boring game of Saturday uh, if you're a fan of offenses because it's probably gonna be nine to six or something of those sorts. But I'm probably gonna lean towards Utah. They just always seem to find a way to, to force turnovers and, and create points off those turnovers. Got to go with the Utes.
0: Last one. Last but not least, uh, even though I should probably pick a Pac-12 after dark, but there's not really one. Arizona at USC 930. I guess you could do that after dark, but not an intriguing game whatsoever. So the last game, number 16, Michigan, at number 7, Penn State. By all means, I will never pick Penn State. I'm going to take Michigan. To go in and win, and I hope they beat them. No rational explanation for this. I just want Michigan to win.
1: <laughs> well, good thing we don't do rational explanations because uh, I don't think you have one for this week. I'm, I'm Penn State all the way. That, that Michigan offense is so bad, and it's so unexplainable. I don't understand how it is that bad. You got Shea Patterson, Tariq Black. They have some really good receivers. They just don't know how to put it together, and you got to put that on Jim Harbaugh. I think Penn State wins by 20. I think this is a blowout. Jim Harbaugh is going to be on the absolute hottest seat in the country after this week.
0: All right. Last chance to change your mind. Whether you win winning or not.
1: No. Uh, I don't think the uh, the stick climbing up that mountain is a little shaky this week. So I don't think it's going to. What's, your, gonna what's your
0: chances of them pulling off the, the. This would be the biggest upset in Mount Astros, no doubt. What, what's oh, the chances? Yeah. What's the chances?
1: Um. So, the chances of that would be me and in, in the chances of doing... Actually, I can't think of anything, clever off the top of my head. But I'm just going to say probably like 4%. 4%.
0: Dang, 4%. that's how So, you're saying there's a chance. I give him like
1: 0.1%. Hey, I, I, there, you're telling me there's a chance. There's 4% chance. I, I Is that the I'll ESPN chance
0: that you went off of? Did you just steal that from ESPN? Are you plagiarizing off ESPN? No.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if someone called us out on that. But uh, no, I don't know. I'll say 4, no. They give percent
0: them 3.2% 3.2, 3.2 chance. ESPN is saying there's a chance. Three point. That's hey, it. That's I'm a lot
1: better. Than- <laughs> I'm giving West Virginia 0.8% better chance to win. So right. give me some credit on that. But I'll say final, I'll give a final score since we usually always do. Uh, like I said, I think Oklahoma comes out firing first and gets up a couple scores. Uh, they may keep it with, you know, in striking distance by halftime. I don't know. But I'm going to go Oklahoma 48 to 17.
0: That doesn't cover. I'm going to go 55 to 17. Woo. Oh, it's Woo. pretty bad. Yeah, it's bad. They're covering. There's no doubt in my mind they're covering. But... All right, well, that'll do it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Between the Ears. Follow WV Sports now. At WV Sports. Follow me on Twitter at WV Hallbilly. Follow Skyler at Callahan underscore. You've changed it so much. And don't forget game day tomorrow. You've changed it so much. You got more nicknames and Michael <laughs> at this point. So, um, did you do recruiting roundup this week? Probably not. You're lazy. Um, so, it's probably not recruiting the roundup this week. You've got big news coming. Not going to hint towards it, but kind of partially why we have not kept up with the podcast this year or had any special guest pickers, but. Big news coming in the coming weeks, maybe a week, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Am I missing anything else? Oh, go to our Facebook page, WNation.com. Game day tomorrow. Game day tomorrow. Go to our Facebook page, DubVNation.com, because Facebook's still dragging their feet on changing the name change. <laughs> so it's it still it Was DVN is still alive. DVN is still alive. Of course, it has the W Sports Now logo. Be sure to go there. Game day tomorrow, Skyler and Eugene. Brandon Lowe dipped out on us. Just joking he didn't. He's been very busy doing two radio shows and a high school podcast So, and kids. He's got family, so not disrespecting Brandon Lowe. Just joking. Anything else am I forgetting?
1: I don't think so. That's it? Did I That's do were supposed a do. Put a bow on her.
0: Put a bow on her. All right. Be strong. It's going to be a bad weekend. Hopefully not. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. But it's going to be bad. Uh, but until next week, let's go, Mount
2: Take me home. Country road.